Amen. Well, I tell you what, I'm excited about going into this brand new series. We're talking about exiting COVID, exiting COVID, uh, you kind of begin to hear the rhetoric and the mood going from shutting down to now opening up, right? And we don't, we don't know when, but we know we will. And so I feel like my assignment over these next three or four weekends is to get you ramped up to prepare you, not necessarily in a three-phase plan that our government has laid out, and thankful for that, keep praying for our government, our leaders in our cities, our counties, our, our state, our, our nation, uh, global, global influencers, all of that, keep praying for those. And, and they've outlined kind of this three-phase plan that is not necessarily a timeline, it's just, hey, when we hit this, then this. Well, I believe, I believe that God is giving us a spiritual three-phase plan for how you are going to exit COVID and be better on the other side. And I want to give you a couple of introductory phrases that I think are really important. So go ahead and write these down. The first one is this. It's, I don't always choose what happens to me. And you can just say a good amen right there because you feel that deeply right now. I don't always choose what happens to me, but I do choose. I do choose how I respond. And I need you to just feel the power of that statement for a moment. Because, because I don't know that there's been a time in recent memory when globally we have all had so many of our choices taken from us, right? You have less, probably, you have less choices today than you did several months ago. You have less choices on which restaurant to eat from. You have less choices of whether you're going to homeschool or not. You have less choices of what your employment looks like. You have less choices. Like, like some of you, uh, choose, you're used to choosing a lot of things that a lot of us are watching from the United States. I mean, we've got global people uh, watching. So shout out to all of you that are watching from another, uh, another country. But like, like, man, like that's, you know, those of us in the, in the U.S. are kind of like, I'm an American and I get to choose everything. And then all of a sudden our choices are taken away from us. And I just need you to feel the power of that statement that you still have a choice. You have a choice in how you respond. Holocaust survivor Viktor Frankl said this. He said, everything can be taken from a man but one thing. The last of human freedoms to choose. To choose. Say, I will choose. I got a choice. To choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. And can I remind you that Dr. Frankel did not say this from the comfort of his apartment. He did not say this surrounded by family and friends. He didn't say this from the neat and nice confines of a lecture hall where he was a professor. No, he sang it. He, he said it from a Nazi concentration camp where every single one of his children Choices was taken from him. He didn't know whether his wife was dead or alive. He didn't know if he'd ever see his family again. He didn't know if he'd ever get out of there alive. And that's where, that's where he wrote that. He said, they can take everything. 
They can try and take my dignity. They can try to take my clothing, my family, my relationships, my, my PhD that he was working on and had written writing during that time. Uh, but you can't, you can't take my attitude. You can't, I still have the power to choose my attitude. And all of us need to feel empowered, especially the Enneagram number ones, especially the firstborns. Come on, say, I choose. I still got a choice. Uh, I, I don't, uh, not pretending that this uh, character is on the same level as Dr. Frankel, but you'll remember that our good friend Olaf from Frozen uh, had something similar. He said this. He said, we call this controlling what we can control when everything seems out of control. And so we've got to focus on those things that we can control. The second kind of premise that I want you to write down. Um, well, well let, me, let, me back, let me back up. Let me, let me just let me say this. Um, one of the things that... Uh, we are not able to control our other other people. Come on, come on. Have you have you learned that? I don't necessarily control what everybody else puts on Facebook. Like we we want to control. You can't you can't control the president. You can't control Dr. Fauci. You can't control the the World Health Organization. You can't control the CDC. You can't control your governor. And, and so we spend a lot of time trying to control. Our circumstances around us and, and, and people's reactions around us. I, I heard a story one time that was, uh, it was about a king. And the king wanted to leave his palace. And he wanted to go investigating all of the, the lands and everything around him. And so he got in his, uh, his, his chariot. And he, he went out onto the highways. And then the highways turned into the back roads. And then the back roads turned into these paths. And his chariot wasn't able to go on to the path. So he had to hop out of the comfort of his chariot and some of these paths were extremely rocky and some sharp stones and some thorns and all of these different things and it wasn't too long before the the king's feet were swollen and blistered and they were cut and so he couldn't access all of the villages and all the little hamlets and all the little towns that he wanted to access into his kingdom and, and so in a moment of frustration he's like I want you to I want you to make these roads soft and so he issued this order that all of the paths would be covered by leather. And, and you can imagine his subjects and, and the people that were working for him, right, are like scrambling. I don't even know if we have enough cattle in the kingdom. I don't know if we have enough animal hides to cover. I mean, can you imagine the cost? Can you imagine all of these different things? And one, one servant came to the king, and the servant said this, King, why don't we just give this a shot? He said, try this. And he gave the king a pair of leather sandals. See, some of us are frustrated because we're trying to put leather on all the roads and the circumstances around us when we can't control the roads, but we can control our own feet. You control what you wear. Hear, hear your pastor. Stop wasting emotional currency trying to change somebody else's opinion on Facebook. It will bankrupt your joy. And that's worth the whole sermon right there. But don't click off. I want you to, because God's got something for you at the end. 
We're going to praise at the end. We're going to access a deeper level of praise. You will bankrupt. Some of you are bankrupting yourself just thinking about how you're going to respond to your brother-in-law's post. Stop it. You'll bank. You can't control other people, but you control you. You control your joy. You control your attitude. The second thing is this. This is really important as we ramp up into this series. How I exit one season is how I enter the next. Come on, I want you to write that down. I want you to feel that. How I exit one season is how I enter the next. So I don't know when this whole thing is going to open back up. This is not a prophecy. This is an illustration. All right, don't be, well, Pastor Doug said that it was going to open. No, I'm not. I'm just picking a date. So let's, let's pick May 15th, and, and let's say that this line right here represents May 15th. How you exit one season, how you exit quarantine is going to be how you enter the open up. And so if you're complaining and mad and grumpy on May 14th, it's not like the clock is going to strike midnight on May 15th, and all of a sudden you're going to wake up with a sunny disposition full of rainbows and sunshine and joy. If you're miserable on May 14th, it's not like all of a sudden a magic wand is going to be waved on May 15th. Look, I get it. There are real hurts, real circumstances, real loss, real physical loss, real emotional loss. I'm not negating any of that. It's very real. And we need in this season, sometimes seasons of sadness and seasons of lament. We'll talk about this later. But here's my assignment over these next four weeks is to ramp you up in the name of Jesus. You're going to begin through this series of messages to get a running head start so that when things open up, I'm already running, baby. I'm already ahead. I am amping up my emotions. I am preparing myself for what God is going to do on the other side because I'm telling you, I've seen you on the other side. You're better on the other side. You have more faith on the other side. You're stronger on the other side. In the name of Jesus, God is going to do amazing things in you but we choose that I want to pre I haven't even gotten to my title yet you need to you need to clock in for the long haul seriously you ain't even got any place to go if you wanted to so I got you locked in your kitchen right now and I'm going to take advantage of it now I'm going to go quickly but 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 lock in with me I want you to write these six things down and I, I want to preach this word today I choose, I choose. I want you to feel empowered right now. I choose midnight praise. I choose midnight praise. Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse 22. Then the crowds joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and to be beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in the stocks. Do you see that? That's their circumstances. I don't always get to choose my circumstances. Paul and Silas did not choose the inner cell. 
They did not wake up and say, I choose quarantine. I, cho- I choose to be beaten. I choose the rods. No, they didn't have that choice, but here was their choice. Their choice was in verse 25. About midnight, about midnight, I need somebody to type in midnight into the chat. Come on, midnight, about midnight. See, it's dark at midnight. It's confusing at midnight. You don't know how the morning is going to look at midnight. At midnight, here was their choice. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Come on, somebody type in, I choose midnight praise. I choose midnight praise. Let me give you six things that will happen in your life when you begin to choose midnight praise. When you choose midnight praise, it accesses our praise at a deeper level. Can I tell you that inner cell situations let you access inner levels of praise? The deeper the problem, the deeper the praise. I know that some of you have accessed a 6 o'clock p.m. praise, but I need you to begin. It's not 6 p.m. anymore. It's midnight, and I need to preach you into midnight praise. Look, your 6 o'clock p.m. praise was cute when you pulled into Target, and you got an open parking spot at the front of the line, and you put that on your Insta story with your little praise hands, and God loves me because he gave me a parking spot at the opening of Target. Look, that's cute, but it isn't it isn't six o'clock anymore. It's midnight. And I'm not mad at your six o'clock praise because you gotta get to six o'clock before you go to midnight, but it's midnight. And I need somebody to begin to access a deeper level of praise in them that when things are bleak, when things are dark, when things are dreary, when you don't know what tomorrow has, that's a midnight praise. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is reaching down in you. And I know it hurts, but when there's a deep surgery, the Holy Spirit's got to go deep within you. And he's pulling deep things out of you because he knows what's in you and he's not satisfied with a surface praise he wants a midnight praise come on go ahead and put a little hand a little praise emojis in that little praise emoji hands somebody give me some praise emoji hands because you're accessing a deeper level of praise the second thing that happens is it positions you for suddenly the bible says as paul and silas were singing at midnight it says suddenly suddenly the doors open do you know that you serve a god that still works suddenly i know he works gradually but he still works suddenly but watch this i wonder if paul and silas's praise position them to be able to respond when God did move suddenly. Can I ask you this? If God suddenly opened a door in your life right now, would you be ready to respond? Would you be walking through that open door? What if he gave you a new job? What if he gave you a raise in the middle of a pandemic? What if he gave you a business idea? What if he launched a ministry idea? What if he launched an entrepreneurial idea? Come on, the Holy Spirit Spirit is at work. The Holy Spirit is not bound by a jail cell. The Holy Spirit is not bound by quarantine. And I'm just asking that when the prison doors open, will God find you complaining or will he find you praising? 
You say, well, Pastor, Pastor I'm, on, I'm complaining now because I'm in a jail cell now, and when the door opens, I'll go from complaining to praising. No, you won't, because you'll find something else to complain about. If Paul and Silas would have had a complaining mindset before the doors opened, they would have had a complaining mindset as the doors opened. The doors would have opened, they would have been complaining. The jailer, jailer put me in stocks, and he didn't have to lock them down so hard, and they could have stopped with 20 lashes and why the inner cell it's not like we killed anybody they complaining complaining and then the door would have swung open and they would have taken that same complaining spirit into a new situation and they would have said something like this why is the door open now there's a draft in here and I'm cold and the rats are going to get into the door see if you complain in one season you'll complain in the next season and what I need you to begin to do is begin to access a level of praise while you're still in the jail cell so that when God shows up suddenly in your life and he will you're going to be ready to you're going to be ready to walk through that door you're not going to have to amp yourself up and get your emotions all ready you're going to be all ready you're going to be ready you're going to be ready to respond to what God is going to do in your life number 3 it releases it releases a sound that shakes the very foundations. Verse 26, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations, foundations, I need you to circle that word, write that word, foundations of the prison were shaken. Can I tell you that this is not a time, we don't need surface change right now. Our nation, our nation does not need surface change. We don't need a wardrobe change. We need foundational change. Our world doesn't need surface change. Our world needs foundational change. In your life, you don't need surface change. You need foundational change. And sometimes it takes prison situations for God to begin to do a work in our nation and in this world that maybe he is preparing this for all that is about to come in the future. Do you know that the word apocalypse that we get real scared of because we hear apocalypse what is is that like destruction is that like uh, I, I don't know all that it means but here's what the word apocalypse means apocalypse means an unveiling it means unveiling. And so I believe that God is unveiling some things. And I believe that in the midst of the unveiling of foundations that we thought were sure and we thought were, we thought, how, how are sports, sports, how could sports ever shut down? How could, how could the entire world ever shut down? How could the entertainment, end, how could the stock market do that? The things that we thought were sure are being unveiled. But can I tell you what also is being unveiled? God's love is being unveiled. His mercy is being unveiled. His grace is being unveiled. I want you to begin to begin to begin to see God unveiling his character more that he's faithful, that he's loving, that he's kind. There's going to be an unveiling and I want us to be ready for foundational change, foundational change. Number four, other people's chains. When you access midnight praise, when you choose midnight praise, other people 
people's chains come loose. It says at once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Do you know that we continue, I mentioned it in the introduction, but we continue to get reports about friends and family members that are interested in the Bible, that are interested in Jesus, that are open to what God is doing in their life. And people were saying like, you know, it wasn't before the crisis. They weren't interested. But now maybe you're one of those people. Maybe you're one of those people that somebody shared a Facebook feed with you, that somebody said, hey, would you, would you, my, my church is preaching the Bible during this time, and, and, and they're preaching hope during this time. Would you, listen, do you know that this is a divine appointment for you? God didn't cause it, but he can use it. And I'm preaching to somebody that stumbled across a shared Facebook feed because your cousin shared it with you, because that person that you haven't talked to since high school shared it with you, because an old college roommate shared it with you. This is a divine appointment for you that Jesus is is using the situation to create a hunger within you, and so you're searching for him. And can I encourage you? You're on the right track. You keep reading his word, even though you don't understand it. Start with the gospel of John and begin to just read and pray this prayer. Somebody that's searching, let me preach to somebody that's searching out there. Just pray this prayer. God, if you're real, Jesus, if you're real, would you show yourself true to me? And Jesus is active in this situation. Number five, when we choose midnight praise, it prepares us for healing. It prepares us for healing. Then the jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. See, in that day, the jailer was in charge of the prisoners, and if the prisoners escaped, it wasn't just the prisoner's life that was on the line. His life was on the line, and so he was about to kill himself, but Paul, but Paul, the Paul, the same Paul and the same jailer, the jailer that had just put him in the inner cell of the prison, the same jailer that had just ordered those, those shackles to be clamped on his ankles, that same jailer that had ordered the flogging and the beating of their backs and their wounds, watch this, while their wounds were still fresh, while the blood was still coming out of the wound, while the wound was still very deep, Paul says this, he shouted, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And now watch this. Let me jump to verse 33. At that hour of the night, the, the jailer, the same jailer, took them and he washed their wounds. Paul's healing did not begin in verse 33. Paul's healing began in verse 28. Paul's healing began the moment when he released the jailer emotionally, when he forgave the jailer. And can I submit to you that Paul's inner healing of choosing forgiveness in that moment did a greater work of healing than when the jailer began to wash his wounds. Do you know that the greatest healing that can occur in your life right now while you're quarantined is you release a 
jailer. Come on, I feel the spirit of God so strong right now that somebody needs to release a jailer. I know they offended you. I know they made a decision that you wouldn't have made. I know they said words that hurt you. I know they imprisoned. Listen, they may have shut a jail cell, but they don't have the power to imprison you. Only you have the power to imprison your heart and imprison your emotions. And I need somebody in their heart, in their living room with tears rolling down your cheeks right now just to say, I forgive. I forgive. I release in the name of Jesus. I feel forgiveness flowing. I feel his forgiveness flowing. And I speak in the name of Jesus that your wounds are going to begin to be healed in the name of Jesus because forgiveness is flowing through you. The power of the Holy Spirit is flowing through you. That's midnight praise, church. It's a praise that doesn't make sense. I need for the church of Jesus Christ to access a level of praise that doesn't make sense, that the world doesn't understand, that your other Christian friends don't understand. I need you to begin to live so radically, to begin to give so radically, to begin to be so generous with your time, to begin to free people, to begin to forgive in the name of Jesus so radically that it can't help but shake the very foundations. Our God still acts suddenly. Our God still shakes foundations, church. Our God still opens jail cells, church. Our God can still open a nation. Our God can still open an economy. Our God can still open the world after a pandemic. Here's the last thing. The last thing is this. I feel this so deeply. God's God's spirit is moving. Here's the final thing. Entire households are saved and family trees are forever changed. I need to preach this to a mama or a grandmother or a father or a brother that you are believing for your household. And grandma, you might be watching this all by yourself and you may feel so physically unable to do something on the other side of this quarantine, but know that Jesus is at work. And I need you to continue to believe for entire households, entire households. So the Bible says the jailer called for lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household. I'm telling you, I see this. I feel this for entire households. Every son, every daughter, every uncle, every aunt, every cousin, every second cousin, entire households saved in the name of Jesus. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. 
at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately he and all of his household were baptized. What if when we open these doors back up, we have a baptism party and all the people that didn't know Jesus before COVID are in the water tank after COVID. And we have a baptism party after this. And the jailer brought them into his house. What, what, if, what if the people, the very same people that were responsible for setting the shackles are now inviting people into their homes and having watch parties and being tribe leaders? Come on, I believe for that in Jesus' name. And they were filled with joy because he had come to believe. And here it is one more time. He and his whole household. Come on, the, the Lord is about ready to release some midnight praise in you. He's about ready to release some midnight praise in you. I don't know if y'all remember the movie called Saving Private Ryan. Remember that Pastor Corey, former Marine behind me here? You know, that movie was 20, 22 years old. It's crazy, right? But uh, the movie about World War II, and Tom Hanks' character that sent in, sent in to find one in the middle of an entire war. He sent in to find uh, one because this private Ryan, his three other brothers had already died. And so they wanted to get him out so his family didn't lose every one of the uh, siblings, every, every one of their children in this battle. And so the uh, whole movie's about trying to find private Ryan and extract him from the the battle and but I want to fast forward to the final scene because in the final scene the troop goes into this bombed out town and on the outside it's rubble y'all it's rubble like the the businesses are rubble and the, the churches and the tabern these ornate tabernacles are are, are are rubble and fires are still going on and it seems empty and it seems desolate there's one of the troop members climbs up into the the bell tower of the old um the old temple there the old tabernacle uh the old church there in the, in the bombed out town he's looking out the window and he sees in a distance he sees german tanks starting to descend on the allied forces and uh so he signals and they're getting all ready for this and those german tanks start rolling in and they start, start kind of losing some ground. Start losing some ground and people are, are, are being killed and their positions being given up. And Tom Hanks, the leader of this, of this troop, he's, he's shot and, and this kind of goes all into this, this little bit of a daze for him. And he stumbles and he, and he, and he collapses and he kind of leans up against this old motorcycle and all he's got, all he's got is a pistol. And the blood's running out of his, out of his upper chest and he's, he's leaned there and he's, he's shaken and, and all, he's, all he's got is a pistol and this, this tank about 50 yards away, this big tank is barreling down on him and he raises a, 
pistol and his hand is shaking and he shoots a single shot at a tank and as you can imagine a single bullet from a single pistol does nothing and this tank just keeps on rolling towards him and he raises again and he's shaking and he shoots nothing and a third time and he shoots and nothing and a fourth time he 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 shoots and as the as the tanks are bailing in and and this time as he releases that bullet the tank the tank explodes you're like what it's like what what happened can a single shot from a shaky hand and a bleeding shoulder take out an entire tank no but here's what tom hanks didn't know when he accessed when he when he fired that shot what he did what was happening behind the scenes is that the reserves he had access come on i need somebody to know this that it accessed the air reserves and a bomber flew in and i need to preach this to somebody that you're in your living room right now and you're scared and you're hurt and you're lonely and you can barely eke out a hallelujah and you stumbled across this and you're firing out one last shot of praise i need you to know that you're accessing the reserves of heaven come on i need somebody to access some midnight praise in this house today don't leave me yet don't click off yet don't click off yet where are you going anyways that lunch is in the crock pot it's not gonna burn you're good you're good just just hold just hold on for a little while because God what God is doing don't rush don't rush the Holy Spirit right now don't rush the Holy Spirit right now God is accessing your praise at a deeper level at the midnight hour I know some of you had a six o'clock praise. Some of you had a nine o'clock praise. Some of you have been through midnights before and he's reminding you of your past midnight. And he's saying, I got you through that last midnight of the cancer scare. I'm gonna get you through this midnight. Some of you are already, you're in multiple midnights and you're facing the death of a loved one during this season and, and, and all of this. But what God is doing is he's going, he's going to allow you to access a deeper level a midnight, in the midnight hour. See, there was an old gospel song. There was an old gospel song that said late in the, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn it around. Late in the midnight hour. Come on, I need you up off your couch right now. I need all the Marthas in the house to say, you need to give me some space right now because it may be late in the midnight hour come on pastor jerry let's go god still works at midnight
isn't surface level stuff. This isn't inch level deep stuff. I'm talking about a praise that is about to shake the foundations. I'm talking about a level of praise that governments are gonna topple. Come on, one more time. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Late in the midnight hour. church it works at midnight it works at midnight if this word doesn't work at midnight then it doesn't work at all if it doesn't work on the cross then it doesn't work at all if it doesn't work in the inner jail cell then it doesn't work at all and I'm telling you this thing works the words of Jesus work and so I want to lead somebody to Jesus right now You've been checking this out. You've been investigating the things of faith. This is your moment. Just like that jailer, you're going to go from fear to faith in an instant. He said, they're going to kill me. My life isn't worth living. And in a moment, he gave his heart to Jesus. And he went from in the middle of a crisis, he went from nothing to live for to everything to live for. And I'm preaching to somebody right now that doesn't think that you have anything to live for. I'm telling you, in Jesus, you have everything to live for. And so with your head bowed and your eye closed, I just want you to repeat this in your heart or out loud after me. Pray a prayer something like this. Jesus, I need you. Forgive me. I believe in you, Jesus. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Turn me around in the midnight hour. You're going to be a midnight testimony. God's turning your life around right now. He's turning you around right now. Jesus, I give you everything. I want to live for you. Jesus, help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. I need you to hear this. The jailer in one moment, nothing to live for, everything to live for. And he went from being a tool of the enemy to a tool for Jesus. Can I tell you, you need about one second in your life to start being used as a tool for Jesus. I need you to start sharing now what Jesus is doing in your life. Come on, you know some other people. Share this feed. We got other services today. Tag somebody. Say, Jesus, I don't understand this all, but Jesus is is doing a work in my heart and and so God is going to begin to use you connect with us would you uh, we'll give you some information right after this stay on this we'll give you a number to text we want to connect with you and God's going to begin to use you in ministry come on if you believe that say a good amen God bless you we love you CFA keep loving Jesus and changing the world